millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hello and thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talk sports show. Stuart Pearce joined myself and Simon just as it was revealed that Brentford striker Ivan Tony was given a reduced ban from football because of a diagnosed gambling addiction. Plus, we look back at yet another Chelsea defeat. Simon, as I speak... Good morning, Henry. Simon, how are you, incidentally? Yes, I'm very well, thank Ka- you. Carl Froch, very good form yesterday with us. Fabulous company. Yeah. 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 For me, afterwards, well, we great with us during our show, and I had a, uh, another thing with him a couple of hours later where he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Really good, really good lad. Uh, Simon, in the last few moments, uh, and I mean literally the last 30 seconds, the reasons behind the ban, the fairly hefty ban uh, on Ivan Tony on those uh, betting charges have, have, have emerged... He, of course, 232 breaches of um, the, the FA's betting rules. Uh, in other words, you can, if you're a participant in football in the Premier League, you cannot bet. It's as simple as that. Um, he has fallen foul of no fewer than 232 breaches of the FA's betting rules. Hence, he has been banned for eight months. Now, all week we've been asking, what on earth did he do to incur such a ban and a lot of these reasons are now coming through now it's just been placed in front of me and I'm just going to sift through uh, some of the reasons with you so Stuart you can tune in with Simon and myself in that Simon you've got these in front of you I'm reading this for the first time this morning 126 bets were in respect of matches in a competition in which Mr Tony's club had participated in or were eligible to participate in in that particular season 120 of those 126 bets 29 bets or instructions to bet were in respect of the club that Mr Tony was registered with or on loan with at the time of those 29 bets there were 16 bets on Mr Tony's own team to win 15 different matches now that for the first time we're hearing Simon that yes there is a direct link on the bets that Tony placed and the team he was involved with. its He was betting on his own side, whatever the outcome. Mr Tony played in 11 of those games and was an unused substitute in another game. 
Now, this is key. He's another key reason for the eight-month ban. Of those 29 bets, there were 13 bets on Mr. Tony's own team to lose in seven different matches between August 2017 and March 2018. So that's a significant Simon period of time. Mr. Tony did not play in any of those matches where he placed bets against his lone club as he was not in the match squad or against his parent club as he was on loan. Of the 13 bets, 11 were against Newcastle while Mr. Tony was on loan at another club. The other two bets related to a game between Wigan and Villa while the player was on loan at Wigan but he wasn't part of the squad. So they they have been forensic in this, Simon. They've looked at every aspect of this. Yeah. Another clause here. A further 15 of the 126 bets or instructions to bet were placed by Mr. Tony to score in nine different matches, all of which he played in. Mm. So in other words, Ivan Tony was betting on himself to score goals in the matches he was playing in. Yeah. Of those 15 bets or instructions to bet were initiated by Mr. Tony at a time when it would not have been public knowledge that he was starting or playing in the fixture. And finally, in addition, there were six bets on particular occurrences during a match that didn't involve Mr. Tony. But for the first time, Simon, we realised that Tony was betting on matches pertaining to his own club or a club on which he was on loan, and he was betting on matches on himself to score. Yeah. So hence, that that's where integrity comes in. Yes, to some extent. I mean, obviously, backing yourself and then betting on yourself are sort of similar bedfellows. But as far as the scenario is concerned, I'd be interested to see what the outcomes of these games were that he bet against when he bet against his team in terms of, of, of losing games. What's interesting is also you see underneath the assessment is the guide of the sanctions that were available to the to the body that were reviewing the information. Where you've got for each and every charge, there's a sanction of naught to six months. Uh, on other charges, there's sanctions for 12 months to life suspension. So it gives you the um, the menu of charges and the and the various uh, sanctions they can put in place. What yeah. is what is also slightly concerning is um, the uh, the final part, which is number nine, where inside information was provided. And this is the same scenario where uh, Kieran Trippier found himself caught in a situation where I'm just he, seeing that yeah. where he um, advises a friend to place a bet on the fact he'll be in the starting lineup um, prior to obviously the team sheet being announced and the teams being given um, and ma- made public knowledge. Now, all of those things are uh, disconcerting and disturbing, and obviously Ivan is going to reap the benefits of it. I didn't. I wasn't. I'm not surprised. I knew that there was going to be situations where he'd bet on himself or in games, and this is perhaps the reasons why there is uh, uh, the the uh, the consequences. Because when people are looking at again, as Gareth Southgate was suggesting over the over the last couple of days, football shouldn't ostracise him and shouldn't be sending him out to Coventry metaphorically. Yeah. yeah What's the alternative yeah. when you've got the potential? I don't think Ivan. Uh, has deliberately decided to try and uh, artificially produce outcomes in games, which will obviously be one of the allegations that people were thinking in their mind's eye. No, but Simon, he could directly affect the outcome of games. Yes, but if you're betting... On on which he was betting. Yeah, sure, I I get that. But if you're betting on yourself to score a goal, 
you're going to need other people to be party to that to enable you to do it if there's some sort of collusion or corruption going on. What he's done is he's backed himself in a bet. He can't do it. He's not allowed to do it. Yeah. So I'm not making any excuses for That's it. That's right. But let's not move it into the territory of his rigged games and rigged outcomes because I don't think that's what's happened here. If you bet on yourself to score a goal, there are many other things that are going to fly in front of that before you can achieve that Simon, outcome. Simon, 8.3. It stands out a mile. Of those 29 bets, there were 16 bets on Mr Tony's own team to win 15 different matches. Yep. So he's betting on the outcome, thinking, we'll get through this today, we'll beat them, and I know how we'll beat them, hence I'm going to bet on it. Sure, but the opposition aren't just going to roll over, are they? I mean, you've still got to beat them, and there's still going to be odds. But the bottom line is, all of these are clear and egregious breaches of the covenants that footballers whether we agree with it or not yeah. aren't able to bet on even if he had even even if he was in the territory of betting on, on other things in and around the sport uh, knowing that, that ultimately there's a consequence to it this is quite specific and quite blatant and hence the reasons why Ivan's found himself in a position he's found himself in we don't get into the match fixing territory do we though no that's my point that, that, you see that, that's my that, point that, that, that's your point yeah Bre Brentford are just stressing that Brentford have just uh, released a statement this morning so where are we 10 15 I'll get through it I'm just trying to scan through it to get to the the, the meaningful points uh, the judgment has been published on the FA website Ivan Tony and Brentford accept that offenses were committed and sanctions were inevitable the commission noted that none of the charges related to events where Ivan could negatively impact his own team negatively that's my point impact his own team this, the details included in the written reasons say Brantford well this is the difference between previous instance, instances uh, of concern about the integrity of the sport because ultimately one of the things that they're trying to preserve is the integrity of the sport by being a participant in a game and ultimately being able to affect an outcome and also betting on it creates a scenario where people start to talk about the, the sporting integrity and the corruption yeah. the people that should have the most angst with this besides the rules are the betting companies. Yes. Because yeah. they're the ones that are slightly playing with a rigged deck because he knows he's going to be picked for a team. He's tipped somebody to bet on it and the betting companies are the ones that are going to pay out on the back mm -hmm. of that. So there is those sort of things. But all the, of it leads... Can, to, can leads I just say that I want to flag this up as well. The FA have also included in the report as to whether or not the player has a gambling addiction. Um, Dr. Philip Hopley had interviewed Mr. Tony on two occasions and concluded in his report that Mr. Ivan Tony has a clear history of gambling addiction. So, um, I wonder if that changes the narrative in any way, Simon, that here we are, we are now looking at a footballer who is in a high-profile high environment. He's playing for a Premier League club. He, he, he has a clear ability to score goals. He's a highly rated player, but he also likes a bet. But here we have a footballer, Simon, who didn't realise that the two do not go together. That you cannot bet as a participant in the Premier League because you are participating in the outcome of okay. every single game that you play in. Okay, well, none of these charges relate to him being a Premier League footballer because he wasn't playing in the Premier League at this time. He's a Premier League footballer now. And as, he, as a footballer in general? Yeah. Um, none of these point to the fact that he doesn't know. They all point to the fact that he's done what he's done. Um, and all of them are obviously going back the best part of half a decade. So it's interesting to see why they've subsequently found the light of day now. Someone obviously has decided that they need to find the light of day and for whatever reason they've brought them forward. I'm not suggesting they shouldn't have done. 
as far as gambling addiction is concerned, I'm, I can't speak to addiction. I'm not an addict. But I, I, are you addicted to put up, upon betting upon things that you're involved in? Is that form part of addiction? Addiction is you do something. He's betting on things that he's involved in. If he was, if he was gambling addicted, I would assume he'd be betting on anything and everything that goes. He seems to be betting on he, very specific things. He might be, but this is a territory that is particularly sensitive, as in you cannot do it. Uh, he, could, he could have been betting on horses. He could have been betting on the NFL. Yeah. He could have been betting on a whole bunch of things. Yeah. Who might win Wimbledon? Yeah. But in this, Ivan, I'm sorry, you can't do it, and you're being caught out. And and the evidence is there, and it's plain as the nose on your face to see it, Simon. Yeah. And that's why he's been hit with an eight month ban. And many people were saying when it was when when it was announced that he's banned for eight months and cannot participate in football or even train until a certain time further down the line. This was why. Yeah. This was why. Yeah. Not only the number of bets, but the games in which he was betting. Absolutely. I mean, and Gareth's observations yesterday about football ostracising him. Yeah. The consequences of this sort of behaviour, if it were to replicate itself and be quite prolific amongst a, rast, a range of footballers, would bring the game into real disarray. And that is why, to some extent, Ivan has to suffer the consequences he has to suffer. Not because people want to make him a cautionary tale and use him as an example, but because there is a benefit to that manifesting itself. And if you look at the, the, the sentencing guidelines, for want of a better expression, and it tells you at the bottom of each charge, Jim, what they can, what they can charge him with and what the punishment of it is, 0 to 6 months, 6 months to 12 months, suspended sentence, life suspension. So all of those are a range of charges, each one individually being assessed. Yes. So you could actually look at it and say, he could have been in real jeopardy here because it doesn't seem to be much that he hasn't done besides being part of collusion to produce a corrupt outcome. Yeah. That's the only thing that Ivan, with due respect to him, and none of us, I mean, I, I like him, I, you know, I like his dad very much. Yeah. I don't want him to be in this position. But in this position, he's put himself. So it's not helpful, with due respect, when the England manager comes out and muddies the water about the consequences of inappropriate behaviour. Yeah. That was my point yesterday. So for for the first time, we're hearing that Tony, some of the bets he was putting on, uh, Tony was betting on his own team to lose. But I stress in that area, he was not playing in those games. But nonetheless, he was betting on his own team to lose in certain games. And in other areas, he was betting on himself to score in certain games. Hence, we're beginning to realise the nature of the 232 breaches and the reason why he was hit with such a hefty, a hefty ban. Eight months in all. Stay with us. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. So we're talking about 232 breaches uh, and hence he's been hit with an eight-month ban. But we're now breaking down, Simon, for the first time we're seeing... We're seeing some of the detail behind the nature of the betting. And it has been pointed out that a doctor has been working with Tony on, on what he has. And what he has is a gambling addiction. Uh, I mean, Stuart, you're, you're, you're listening to us here as we go through some of these. I don't know about you, but many of the listeners are saying, I'm not entirely sure that eight months is long enough. Uh, well, you do ask the question whether it is or whether it isn't. For me, losing eight months, I'm, I, I equate it to me being a player, losing eight months of my career when I'm fully fit will be a massive blow to me. And I also think it sends a, a real message out to the rest of the footballing industry. You know, Ivan Tony's a high-profile uh, Premier League footballer as it stands at the moment. Yeah. And I think it sends a message out there, look, don't get involved in this. You know the rules. Well, that's right. 
Don't I, break them. I, I was I was asked uh, when the, when this story first broke, Stuart, by people in the street, by a variety of people, what exactly were the the bets on? Were they matches in which Tony was involved in? So yeah, we're realising for the first time the answer to that is yes. 126 of the bets were in respect of matches in a competition in which Mr. Tony's club had participated. Now. When they break it down, Simon, of those tw- twenty-nine bets, were sixteen bets. Sixteen of twenty-nine bets were on Tony's own team to win fifteen different matches. Tony played in eleven of those games mm-hmm. and was an unused substitute in another game. Um, in other areas, Tony did not play in a number of matches where he had placed bets against his lone club, as he was not in the match squad or against his parent club. In other words. He knew who were he knew the individuals participating in the two sides that were, were were playing in a certain game. He knew the strengths, he knew the weaknesses, and then he would place bets. Sometimes he was involved in the game, sometimes he wasn't. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that the entire nat- nature of his behaviour is inappropriate, and ultimately the beneficiary of the outcomes would be him. The question is, can you link that to uh, a potential? Outcome. Uh, outcome. I mean, it'd be very interesting to see of all these bets how many of them came out in favour of the bets that Ivan Tony put on because we don't have that. Because if he lost every single bet, then the bleeding information he gave was of no use. But if the outcomes were of a very prolific nature in favour of the bet that he put on, you start to get into the territory of worrying how those outcomes were achieved. It's one thing having information about the opposition. It's another thing being able to execute an outcome that produces a you know a positive result to the bet that you've put on. All of it pe- you know peels back the veneer of any doubt in people's minds that the consequences of his behaviour and the consequence of it weren't yeah. meted out appropriately. Simon, what what is now emerging and more news is coming to me on this, um it would have been heavier. It would have been a longer bet. But when they looked at Tony in particular, they thought eight months would be appropriate. The FA say they, the FA wanted a minimum of twelve months, a minimum of twelve months. The reason for that, that it was reduced to eight, was because of this. He's young, his previous good record of no breaches, his genuine remorse, and of particular importance here, a, a reduction was made to reflect a diagnosed gambling addiction, which was identified by this man, Doctor Hopley. So in other words, as they collated more information, Simon, there seemed to be a very real and genuine desire on Tony's behalf to say, I'm sorry, I've got a problem here. So so would you do, Jim, with due respect to Ivan. um, Also, you've got Nick DeMarco, who's a very capable lawyer representing him in this particular hearings. I'm assuming that this addiction that we allude to um, has continued then, because we're talking about events that have gone back to 2018 and have not been addressed since 2018. Yeah. So I, I wonder if the circumstances have resolved themselves, because if we're talking about an addiction issue, how has that been resolved between 2018 and 2023? Because he must be still within the thrall of it. But the primary concern for us all is how has this reached into the integrity of the game? Have the FA acted appropriately? Have they done their job? And is the is the consequences of his actions appropriate. Well, one wonders, Simon, if he's still working on his problem because also con- con- uh, included in the report, Tony has stopped gambling on football but he still gambles on other sports and casino games. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I-, I would have thought, like alcohol, like drugs, if you're going to stop, stop means stop. Nothing changes if nothing changes, so stop. 
We're also advised he will be taking therapy at the end of the season for his gambling problem. I mean, I don't mean to be cynical. I don't mean to be cynical, but if I were going in front of a beak with, you know, unadulterated evidence against me, I would be suggesting that I had a problem that needed to be attended. It was beyond my control. There was no malice on my part. I would be making that part of my defence. Now, of course, you've got a clinician in and sometimes you go to these guys and they'll give you the diagnosis because that's what they do. And I think you have to you have to take it at face value well, that he's, he's fighting the addiction. But it would appear from that line, he still gambles on other sports and casino games. Well, Ivan, if you have a problem, the problem is still there. Well, that's for Ivan to tell people that he's got that, and that's for Ivan to try and find a solution to, he's to his problems. Help, we're told. Well, you know, if that's the case, that's the case. Now, of course, for him, what we've got now is we have to be careful that we don't compound this issue yeah. by the evisceration of his reputation, because what's going to happen now is that Ivan Tony is a very, very good footballer. And when he comes back from his ban, he will continue to be a very good footballer and very much sought after. And other clubs will then look at it and go, well, potentially, if this guy's got this problems, I'm not entirely sure I want him in my dressing room. I'm not entirely sure I want to sign this player in a big-time football club. So we do have to get would, the balance right. Would you do right. that? If you were interested in Tony, you're the owner of another club? Oh, I would do my investigation properly. If you're going to sign a footballer for the £50, £60 million pounds that Ivan Tony's going to cost somebody, you'd like to think that people would evaluate everything about them to make sure that the right personality is coming into your environment. But, I, you know, again, he has now suffered the consequences. It is fascinating to me. I know that you're going to say, well, this is incidental. Why has this come out now? Why has this... Why has this these are instances from five years ago. Why has this suddenly found the light of day? I'm not suggesting he shouldn't be consequenced for it, but someone's got a motivation for doing this, and it certainly isn't for the well-being of the game, I can assure you. It's probably for the well-being of themselves. But the FA, if there was any doubt, the FA have acted appropriately. If there was any doubt that Ivan needed to reap the whirlwind of his behaviour, then I think that's been removed now. Yeah, yeah. Well, all sorts of uh, efforts now are being made to support uh, Ivan Tony, as you might imagine. And Brentford, his club, say this morning, the club will now be doing everything possible to provide support to Ivan and his family to deal with the issues raised in this case. Conversations regarding this and all matters relating to the case will remain confidential in order to protect the player and his family. But certainly for the first time, now that we know the nature of the bets, now that we know that he was betting on his team, his own team, to lose, even although he wasn't participating in certain games. And also now we know for the first time that he was betting on outcomes of matches in which he was playing, it all added up to an eight-month ban. Although the FA wanted a minimum of 12 months, but they reduced it to eight because of Tony's age because of his previous good record of no breaches and because of his genuine remorse. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Everybody is talking about uh, the the finer detail, if you like, that has emerged in the last 10, 15 minutes to the nature of the betting that Ivan Tony of Brentford got himself involved in. Um, and, and, and the very fact that he was betting as a participant in the Premier League is against, is against the rules. It's as simple as that. And that's why he has been hit hard. He has been he's been hit hard with an eight month uh, ban from all football. The FA we are now hearing wanted a minimum of twelve, but they made it eight because of Tony's age, because of his good record with no breaches, and because of his genuine remorse. But now we're finding out a heck of a lot more about the nature of the betting. One hundred and twenty six bets in respect of matches in a competition in which Mister Tony's club had participated in. Some of the bets were bets on Tony's own team to win 15 different matches. Tony played in 11 of those games and he was an unused substitute in another game. In other words, he was either betting on himself or betting on the outcome of games in which he was playing. So we're realising, Simon, that this was bad and maybe it's as bad as many people feared it was because of his relationship as a player with the actual sport of football itself. And now, of course, we're hearing that he's been working with a, a Dr. Hopley for what is clearly a gambling problem. But Simon, what, what we are realising now is that more than ever before, football's involvement with the gambling industry is really going to come under the microscope. We have football club owners who have made their fortunes out of their participation in the gambling industry. And yet their own players as participants in the sport itself did not get the memo that you yourself cannot bet on any aspect of football in any shape or form, let alone on your participation in it in certain games. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't write it, really, could you? I mean, Matthew Benham has made his fortune out of spread betting and statistical analysis around betting. And he's the owner of Brentford. Doing his businesses around it. You, you can't really write this. It's one of those scripts that you wouldn't believe. But we mustn't conflate the two things. Look, first of all, I suspect that the bulk of this didn't actually happen when he was employed by Brentford, when he's playing for other football clubs. 
Football has to make sure that the um, the understanding for its players is clear. I think it is. I mean, I remember speaking to my players about it. I remember ensuring that the players were aware of their obligations and not to get themselves into a situation where they bring themselves into disrepute. This isn't an instance about football's relationship with betting any more than players drinking is a football's relationship with alcohol because it serves it in the concourses. It's to do with an individual player making a choice that the rules that he knows he's governed by don't apply to him. So whilst I understand that there is an issue in betting and the nature of the way the betting companies are behaving and inducing people to behave in a certain way and they perhaps they don't do enough to deal with the gamble-aware side of things and the consequences of problem gambling, 97% of people that gamble don't have a problem. So the scenario of suggesting that people that have been involved in betting that now own football clubs conflates the issue for an easy soundbite isn't really fair. Individual responsibility has to be the major mode, you know, the main thing to focus on because Ivan will have been aware. He will have known in the same way if you ask the average footballer whether they know they can bet or not, they will probably come up with the answer that they know they can't. But like in many things in football, just because they're told they don't have to do it doesn't mean they're not going to do it. Well, right? exactly, Simon. And, and, and I think when you look more at the detail, it's even more damning. A further 15 of 126 bets or instructions to bet were played, placed by Mr Tony to score in nine different matches, all of which he played in. Of those 15 bets or instructions to bet were initiated by Mr Tony at a time when it would not have been public knowledge that he was starting or playing in the fixture. So Stuart, in other words, have you ever been party to a conversation in a dressing room, Stuart, when a player, a colleague of yours has said, I've, I've, I've lumped on myself to score today and I've told my mates to do the same. I haven't, no. Uh, but you fully, I fully expect anyone in my team as centre-forward would expect himself to score in a game that day. The, the more damning thing I would see if there was a bet that he'd bet on himself not to score in that particular fixture or bet against his club not to win. That would worry me more. But he, he's broken the, the, the rules of the... What people are going to say, Stu, because um, I'm in the same space as you, is how can you execute something? You need other people to help you with the execution. But ultimately, you're also going to compromise games, potentially, because if your mm. sole focus is the score then you're not going to look up perhaps play a better ball into someone else that might produce Indeed. a better outcome. Yeah. You're going to be ultimately perhaps negatively impacting a game because your sole focus is to score a goal yeah. even more than it was originally, even in situations when it would be better for you to choose a different option, you're going to focus perhaps. Now, I'm not sure that's right with either, but you're opening that door for that allegation and it's an easy allegation to be made. So you're now in a territory, it would be fascinating, and I don't think that we'll get this information, to work out how many of these bets produce the outcome that the bet was put on for. Because if they, if 95% if of these bets produce no outcome, then you're almost moving into the territory of a victimless crime, as far as the betting companies are concerned. But you're not moving into the territory of victimless crime when you start talking about the potential debate about the integrity of the game. Yes. That's where Ivan's taken himself in this conversation. Now, the consequences of it are that he... Get, he is now the poster boy for the ramifications of breaching rules. If anybody in England that plays professional football suggests they don't know that betting on football is not allowed, then they'll have been living under a rock, right? And, and that will not be an excuse that flies, not that ignorance was ever an excuse in the first place. So with that in mind, the, 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 the feat has been achieved. The fact that they can throw into the equation, I don't mean to be cynical, an addiction issue which will give them some sort of, some sort of mitigation alongside contrition, 
will all lead you to the conclusion that the FA have acted reasonably. What we don't then need, and I'm sorry it's not a, it's not a, an agenda, is the England manager popping up and telling us that there should be some sort of empathy for the situation because it dilutes the imparting of a certain message. Well, he was, to be fair to Gareth Southgate, he was concentrating more and we should help Ivan Tony in, in a rehabilitation well, process. Well, Ivan Tony needs to help himself. You, uh, the only people that can help themselves... No, you shouldn't the, be forgotten about Tony. Well, no one's suggesting... Well, he's not going to be forgotten about. His football club are going to continue to pay him a new his salary. And by the way, I've already said to him he's going to get a new contract. And if anyone's going to be able to to help Ivan Tony, it's somebody that owns a betting company that will suggest that ultimately the ramifications of this are far-reaching for all of us, so I'm pretty sure they'll be invested in making sure that Ivan Tony's well looked after. And let's be clear, when you've got a £50-60 million pound asset on your books and you're paying him best part of £100,000 a week, no one's going to send him to Coventry and forget about him during that period of time because he's a valuable asset, so it's unnecessary for Gareth to pop his, his head up yesterday. Yeah. What we do need to focus yeah. on is what does this do to the game? Well, that's and, right. And that's the area that, that, that people will have a field day in. Well, that's right. I mean, you know, the knock-on effect is considerable. Whether Brentford like it or not, and Brentford say at the end of their statement, curiously, Stuart, we consider this matter closed and look forward to welcoming Ivan back to training in September and seeing him representing Brentford in the Premier League in January. I'm sure they do, and they would wish it to be closed, but it's far from closed because all sorts of questions will be asked, Stuart. And sure, I'll ask you this. I, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but to a degree I will. In the modern-day dressing room, and, you, and you've been working in, in, in a, a Premier League dressing room until very recently, are the players fully aware that as participants in football, Unlike myself, Simon, mm. the man in the street out there, someone walking by there, they can't bet because they're participants. There must be enough knowledge out there for, for all modern day players to know that, that they can't do that. If they didn't know it beforehand, this situation with Ivan Tony has certainly reiterated that and, and sent a message out. And the thing that saddens me, Jim, we, we're talking about you know putting money on, on matches and all this game. The thing that would sadden me the most with any footballer, they could have a long career and all of a sudden if they get a get involved in gambling and whatever, they could come out at the end of their careers with absolutely nothing. That's yeah. the frightening thing for it. And I think that is so sad, to be honest with you. I think eight months is is a tough pill to swallow for him. That That's how I would look at it as a player. It's a long time to sit out the game and think about what you've done. But the trouble is, it opens up questions as we've all done who was he betting on was he betting on his team to win was he betting on his team to of course all of those type of things and, and you this know is I mean? now evident that yes yeah it's which, in black and white but we should yeah. trust this process as well because the clarity is there on there but now we don't need to be digging into any further stuff because the fa have done it we have to trust the process they've sanctioned him the question was abounding oh that's a bit strong yeah well we now know it's not so now are we going to go and decide how strong it should now be based upon information mm. that we're not going to get? The FA have done that job for us. They've brought in an independent panel. They've gone through it in a forensic fashion and the boy's been sanctioned. And there is a part of me that says the same as Brentford. Right, that's done. Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Sure, Pierce is in studio with us uh, this morning. And sure, last night, maybe we shouldn't be too surprised. Another thrashing for Chelsea, this time at Old Trafford. Indeed. Well, listen, they created enough chances to score a few goals, Chelsea, before they were actually put to the sword. And uh, Frank must be scratching his head. As I say, the team, the team are creating enough. They're, they're energetic enough, but they keep leaking goals and I've just looked at the league table here and with a three goal swing West Ham if they win at the weekend could finish above Chelsea it's Gee, incredible I didn't realise that yeah 
Yeah. Good grief. I mean, the Chelsea situation is absolutely baffling, Simon. And now we realise, I mean, Todd Bowley, one of the owners, uh, I think is suggesting he's going to take more of a back seat and leave it to people this side of the pond to be uh, making all the day-to-day decisions at the football club. I think that's the right decision, isn't it? I think it's the right decision to avail yourself of as much information as you possibly can about a business you're going to run to make sure that when the next scenario of employing people that you are ultimately going to... Todd Bowley was never going to run the club on a day-to-day basis ad infinitum. He was always going to... If he hadn't got himself involved, there'd be a whole gang of people saying, well, why don't you get yourself involved with a business that you own? Why don't you understand the business? If he gets himself involved, then people are going to turn around and say, you're too busy. What he's done is he's done the atypical thing that most people will do when they own a football club is get right in amongst it for the first year, realise that there's better ways of handling the running of a business. Yeah, learn maybe your, not make yourself sporting director. Learn your... Well, okay, right. Someone that acquires players. If we actually believe that Todd Bowley was running around telling Chelsea how they should play, how their academy should set up, what the technical construct of the football operation was going to be, then that's silly. What he was really doing was taking it upon himself to get neck deep in the players that they were signing and how much they were getting paid for. Yeah. Right? And yeah. we used the sporting director one to whack him with because ultimately the outcomes have been crap right now. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that Chelsea have made a whole raft of mistakes this season. There's no doubt in Todd Bowley's mind that they would have made a whole raft of mistakes, and I don't think anything would have been done differently in terms of, after a year of, of availing himself of information, whether it had been successful or unsuccessful, Bowley would have stepped back and gone, right, I've got my, I've got my land, I've got my, my sea legs, I know where I am, right? So, OK, I'm now going to put the football people in place that I trust after a year of looking around this slightly disingenuous, uh, dysfunctional industry, and I now understand who, what, when and why. I've got this agent out of my ear. I've got this person out of my face. I've got rid of the understanding of what goes on inside football clubs when I'm told when I walk through the door, we don't do it that way, we do it this way. And I've now got a little bit of my bearings. So it was always going to manifest itself this way. The fact is, Chelsea have been a disaster this season on the Mm. pitch. And that is entirely, I believe, responsible to the players and the football manager. Yes, 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 they had too many players in the dressing room. Often we hear they haven't got enough. Now they've got too many. Yeah, yeah. You, you still need effective management to produce better outcomes than 12. This team have been poor. And that, but that, how much blame does the ownership have to take here? Well, it has to take a proportion of it. It doesn't take all of it. Of course not. No, I, I realise not all of it. Well, no, but you, if you're... If you're but as if we you're, speak this morning, Chelsea are 46 points behind Manchester City yes. and yet you say to us that they're going to they're, they're gonna be contenders next season. I do not doubt that they'll be contenders next season. On, on the I'll, strength of what? On the strength of the fact that they've got a manager in the door that's capable of making them contenders. I don't think he'll make them winners. I think he'll make them contenders because it's out... Pochettino. Yeah. You said he was a bridesmaid. Yeah, exactly. So I make him contenders, not winners. There's a difference. He'll be a bridesmaid. He'll be, he'll be there. He'll be there. No, bridesmaids are at the wedding, aren't they? He'll be at the wedding. He just won't be the bride. You're going to have to wholesale ship out some of the players that are there. So they'll do that, won't they? There was always going to be a cleaning of the decks. Your you're going to see Mason Mount. No, not those guys. You're going to see Mason Mount. You're going to see Ruben Loftus-Cheek. You're going to see players that have been brought through that ultimately are carried no value on their balance sheet, be sold for 50 million quid, and Chelsea are going to make profits to be able to overcome the financial fair play obligations that they'll have for these big deals they've done this year. They'll go again in the transfer market, probably spend another couple of hundred million quid. Pochettino will come in there, knows the landscape, knows big players, has managed PSG, has managed Tottenham, managed big players, knows what they look like and he'll have the right tone intonation and ability to communicate but, con- but contenders contenders yeah absolutely sure. they'll be in the top four next year I think sometimes you look at these teams and you think how on earth can they turn it round if they're going to look at anybody you might even look at Arsenal because this time last year if any of us would have said Arsenal were going to be contenders to win the Premier League you, we'd have all probably said exactly the same as we're saying about Chelsea true, now true but I'll tell you what it, 
it it was only their own work on a few games like Southampton at home and West Ham away and one or two other other games like that that probably ruled Arsenal out of yeah. mm-hmm. actually getting their hands on it and how well City had done. But Chelsea have got a fantastic squad of players, but there's a lot of work to be done this summer in who you get out and if you bring more in. Sure, I've had many conversations with this man in my time in England and he's been nothing other than helpful. He's brilliant. But should Frank Lampard be regretting taking his second Chelsea stint? Uh, is his Premier League managerial reputation now damaged beyond repair? Well, two things I'd probably say there. Firstly, I went back in to do a managerial job at Nottingham Forest and lasted seven months, Okay, And people say to me, and and we were anywhere between first and twelfth in the division um, over that seven-month period. And people said to me, do you regret going back into that club now? And I said, 100% no, because I affected some form of change in and around it. I made a lot of people's lives a lot better, uh, united the team a little bit more. And Frank will be the same. I had a, a connection and a love for the football club. Frank's got the, exactly the same, a connection. Did you manage against you? And Afterwards, no, I didn't. So Frank Lampard's in that space. Yeah, you, you, You're content think... with that outcome. He's not going to be. He wants to manage again, and you've been content with that. I think he still will. I, I think he'll Premier still League manage. One. No, he'll, have to, uh, he'll probably, Simon, have to At earn all. a place. He's going to have to go back to the drawing board and earn... He, he might a, have to get promoted. There's a massive argument it. that he didn't earn the right to manage Chelsea in the first place because putting Derby, Derby in the playoffs is a absolute country mile away from managing a machine like Chelsea mm. with a, a level of playing and expectation that he's not managed that at that point. Now, it's a disaster for Frank. An absolutely unmitigated, undeniable disaster. Look at the statistics. You know, they, they are bottom of the league for the eight or nine games that he's been in on every stat. From goals scored to goals conceded to points won, they're sitting at the bottom. And these are they're not we're talking about games that they potentially are playing against opposition that because Chelsea aren't at the, at the races. We're talking about a group of teams that Chelsea, even if they're not at the races, should have got points from. So there's nothing for Frank in this. Nothing besides ridicule, parody, and a diminishing of his relationship. He should never have taken this opportunity. It was never a clever move. And who gave him the opportunity? Bowley, mm. for whatever reason, for, to reunite the fans with a legend. Oh, well, that's worked well, hasn't it? It's worked well for the legend. The club have got nothing from yeah. it. The players have learned nothing from it. But Frank knew what he was getting into. He was a club. He's a every boy. game without a recognised striker. <laughs> but we're discussing whether it was a good move for him, whether he knew what was involved with him or not what was involved with him. He took it, and out of that has come no good for Frank. No one gives him a pass for this. No one thinks it's well done. No one thinks there's anything from that. that actually, you're seeing, you, you've seen skits they're doing of Frank Lampard sitting in a room while they're phoning every single manager, including his uncle, to say, would you come and take the team? And they're parodying Frank by going... I know. Oh, you know you've seen that. That's I've seen what, it, and it's that's not fair. Where, I mean, uh, no, it's yeah, not fair, but that's what happens when you put yourself in the way of those sort of decision-making processes. Frank has not come out of this with one iota of benefit. And as a so colleague of Lampard, perhaps? Stuart, I know that... Simon will say it because Simon firmly mm. believes it. But as a colleague of Lampard's, you, you, you find that this morning, to a degree, you've got to protect Lampard in some way. Support Lampard, I should say. Uh, well, listen, I, I've played with him and coached him. so, But I don't feel any obligation to, to support or, or stick up for him in any way, shape or form. I'll just say that at this moment in time, I can agree with what you said because the stats are quite damning from his time in there. 
Roll the clock back nine games ago, and I I can see his connection with Chelsea. I can see why he's walked through the door. He, he wasn't working at the time, and an opportunity to work with the quality of player that the Chelsea squad have got. Yeah, nine games down the down the line, however long it's been, it's not been good. There's there's probably been there's been no change at all I would in have the fortune. With a dirty stick. Well, that's fine. There's no game left. You know for him. what I mean? Sure, it's but, hard to see how he can manage in the Premier League again, isn't it? Uh, no, because I think he'll have to earn that. I don't think there'll be a job readily available this but, summer. But he thought he'd earn it by by showing what he can do at Chelsea. Exactly, and that's why he took the job in the first place. He might have to earn it by getting a team promoted from the Championship. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I mean, it's. It's damaged him, I'm afraid. I think whatever way you look at it. And I feel bad about that because Frank is a terrific guy uh, and a hard-working man. But the nature of what he went into has also let him down, sure, is my belief. Well, you might turn around and say the club was so fractured yeah. that nobody would have turned He didn't have around. the right tools available to Listen, him, Simon. You are You're ju- being super hard you are, You've got plenty of bloody good tools. There's more, a lot of clubs in that division wouldn't mind some of those tools. Um, the choices you make in life define you. So he made a choice... To go back into Chelsea, he made a choice to go to Everton. Um, he made a choice to leave Derby when he hadn't learned his trade. Some would say, "Well, come on, you get an opportunity to go and manage Chelsea at that time. You've got to take it." But the choices in life define you. So now he reaps the benefit of the disadvantages of the choices made here. Your one hundred percent essential download, outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back on Monday. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.